Welcome to As We Live, a podcast aimed at helping you connect to the living God. Hi, I'm Lyle Martin, and I'm here today with John Martin, John Zerman, and Steve Stutzman. And today we are talking about blessing your children. This is a subject that I really enjoy having five children on my own, and I'm really looking forward to what we have today, what John and Steve are going to bring out of it. Awesome, guys. Good to be back with you again here. And um, today we're, we're having a conversation about blessing. Uh, our discussion is going to be around blessing generations, how that may or may not have happened in the past, and looking how this would affect our future. John and Steve, I'd like to start with you. I know in the past, you've, uh, in the past year you've really focused on teaching blessing, and you've also learned a lot about blessing. And I'm curious, how, how did that start when did that journey first start? Were you exposed to some information? Did you see, did you feel like blessing was maybe the root issue to some of the problems you were seeing? Or is that something that was affecting your personal life? Or tell me a little bit about how that got started. Well, yeah. Hi, I'm Steve Stutzman. This this uh, whole thing probably started for me as a young father, seeing the children and seeing the desire that they had inside to please me, mm-hmm. that they that they were born, they came into this world, um, just as an infant, two minutes old, already with a desire to please their father, and it it sent me to tears, honestly. And then uh, going forward in life, uh, somewhere I I had heard about the whole idea that in the Jewish culture, on their evening before the mm-hmm. Sabbath, which would be their Friday night that they would go down the line and put their hand on the head of each child and pronounce a blessing on them. And so we started doing that in our house. On Saturday night, we would get all the children around there, make sure they had their baths and everything. And and then that was a night that I would come in a little bit early and, and we would talk. I usually would sit on the floor with them, tell them a Bible story. And then when we were done, I would go down the line and put my hand on their head and speak a blessing to each one of them. And just a, the tremendous um, impact, you know, the the wiggling and giggling, and and it's their turn, you know, they're gonna they're gonna get a blessing from daddy, um, and the tremendous things that we saw happening in their hearts and in their lives out of that out of that blessing mm. really started to make an impression on me. And then there was it was I don't know sometime later in ministry then that I was in a group of people. And I was talking to this group of people, and I saw that they had no consciousness of what I was talking about when I talked about blessing. Wow. So I had my family come up on the stage, and I went down the line and put a blessing on Mm -hmm. each one, spoke a blessing over each one, and the place got really quiet, people in tears and just very quiet. And so I asked the people how many of them ever had that kind of a blessing from their father. And there were no hands. Then I asked him, well, how many of you then are doing this to your children? Wow. And there were no hands. So I did a little bit of teaching there about that. You know, that that really, if there's something that we know that everyone wants, but no one is getting, and we refuse to do it, that becomes almost the definition of insanity. Somewhere somebody's got to step outside of that mold and begin to intentionally bless. 
because we work with so many people that suffer from so many curses that were spoken over them. Mm-hmm. You're never going to amount to anything. You aren't worth a hell of beans, all that stuff that are literally curses spoken over them. Where's the blessing? Mm. So that, that was kind of the beginning of the, of the journey for me. And then John kind of drug me into more of it. Steve, I have a question for you. Did, was that something you experienced growing up? Like, do you feel like you were blessed as a child? I didn't. I did not feel like my dad ever went out of his way to compliment us or say good things to us. He didn't say bad things, but he didn't necessarily go out of his way to say good things. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, the single thing that I would remember as a blessing growing up more than anything else was that my dad always used my name, Mm. Stephen. And to him... He was saying something. He chose that name out of Scripture for me for a specific reason. Wow. And every time he said that name to him, it was a blessing. So verbalizing blessing, do you feel like that after you had children, that was something that you saw the need for, or or when do you feel like that started? I definitely saw the need for it. I felt a lack. Mm. And facing that lack and that hole in my heart was an extremely painful ordeal. And getting past some of that, you know, allowing God to bring healing into that and then turning toward my children and saying, I don't want them to have that. I want to be able to speak that blessing into their life. I was, can, that was very intentional. Well, I can relate to that, the lack. John, I'm curious, what's what's your story? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's uh, good to be here this morning just talking about this topic. It's been one that has really... Um, impacted my life greatly over the last two years and it's hard to know where to start with it all because it is such a huge uh, topic that affects so many areas of life but one of the things that I recognize is that um, well I'll say it this way I've here at Straight Paths we did an adoption conference for a couple years soon after I Hmm. um, got involved with the ministry and at that conference, we gave away a book to the attendees um, called The Power of a Parent's Blessing by Craig Hill. And it was, I saw the book around here for a while, and then one time I had a little bit of time, and I thought, well, if we're giving this book away, I should probably read it, just to see what's in it. Wow. And it really, I, w- I wasn't prepared for it. I mean, I, I knew a little bit about blessing and cursing and those kinds of things, but I didn't know and later on I realized I didn't know I really didn't know anything about it because it's it's such a powerful um it plays such a powerful part in our walk with each other and with the Lord and so that kind of set me on a on a course um I I got about halfway through the book and if you've ever read the if, if you've ever read the book I would suggest well, you probably know what I'm talking about. Read the whole thing yeah. <laughs> because there's practical advice um, in how to apply these kinds of things. But about halfway through the book, I called my boys together. They were probably in their late, later on in their teenage years already, and we had started seeing some things um, going on. And so I called them together, and I just, uh, I just told them what I was learning, and you know, asked them to forgive us for the ways that we weren't there for them. And it was a really, really powerful time. And, and now, even moving forward from there, it's something that we're still learning. We're still trying to apply it. One of the 
um, one of the slogans of uh, that Craig Hill has, and Craig Hill is the founder of Family Foundations International. They have uh, seminars uh, specifically aimed at this idea, which we're actually certified by their ministry to uh, facilitate and, and coordinate these seminars, which you can find on our website or on their website. And I would highly recommend it. It's, it was very life-changing for me. But one of his slogans, I don't know if I have it word for word, but something to the effect of their mission is to restore a culture of blessing. Wow. And so it's a culture that we want to, that I am passionate about too, to restore to the to families and to the church. And just, like I said, it touches so many different areas of life. And I'm, you know, I'm still learning. Uh, I've learned a lot, but I'm still learning and uh, trying to help others walk through it is, has been a really powerful thing. And also to continue walking through it myself with my, with my children and my grandbabies now too. And just, uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been a really good journey. Um, but as with a lot of other things, we're still on it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, John, do you, could we talk about some of the negative effects from, from a lack of blessing? Like what have, what have you seen in your own life or what are you seeing maybe in a culture even from not having blessing? I mean, we just had a conversation on fear and, and I'm thinking about the longing in my own heart for blessing for just that father's touch, you know, saying, I'm proud of you. Good job. And, and what are some things that you're seeing uh, maybe tragic things or big, big things from a lack of blessing? So one of the, there's, there's, it seems like there's two major questions um, that people are asking that, that, that we all are born kind of with that going through us is the questions of who am I and why am I here? Mm. And the, the idea is that God is a good God and he knows mm-hmm. when he creates, he has purpose and, and it's intentional and the family unit was one of the first things that he, one of the first organizations that he created. Um, man, one man, one woman, and children born into that union. And so when children come into this world, those questions are being asked. And God knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why he, he gave a child, a father and a mother, to answer those questions for them. And so one of the things that we the, the effects that we see is people don't know who they are and they don't know why they're here. And it's, it's not just the lack of blessing that affects them when we don't bless them. It's the fact also that blessing brings a protection and in the lack of blessing, the cursings have a place in their life. And so not only do they not know who they are, the, the curses actually come, and it tells them the opposite. I am no good. I don't have value. Nothing. I can't do anything right. Everybody would be better off if I wasn't here. Those kinds of things will come in the, with the lack of the blessing. So that, that's one of the main things that – and it, it's kind of like when I started – when my eyes started being open, and open to this is when I really started seeing how it affects um, people. And so that it's been a, a learning journey in that respect. 
you were talking about cursing there a little bit, or cursing your child. Um, can you give some examples of that? Because, you know, mm. most parents are going to say, well, I've never cursed at my child. Mm. So can you give an example of what you're talking about when you said cursing your child? One of the ways, um, okay, to do that, I'd like to kind of give a definition of what we're talking about when we say blessing and cursing. And one of the def- the definition that I found very helpful with blessing is it is um, empowering somebody to prosper. Hmm. The, wow. the words we speak and, well, and the attitude we have towards them is to empower them to prosper. And so the opposite is true with the curses, disempowering them to prosper. And we can do that simply by not speaking the blessing or even worse, um, we can do that by actually having our words agreeing with the idea that we're disempowering them to prosper. And sometimes words like that we say in the heat of the moment, like, um, why do you always, mm. um, and, and however that ends, it's pretty much the same when, when we, when we use language like that, or, um, you can never, um, that, that kind of language or yeah, those kinds of things. It's not, we're not saying cursing in the, in the line of saying bad words, but what our words are agreeing with the words we speak will either agree with God or they will agree with the enemy. Do curses have to be words or can it be actions? I would say it can be actions. Yeah, definitely. Wow. So I kind of come from the background where saying too many good things to your child is, you know, you think it's just going to go to their head. What What do you feel about that? Well, we're not talking about flattery. Um, there, there is a place I think where we need to be careful, but I think when we're when we're true, well, when our heart's desire is to get our lives in line to agree with God's plan for our children, it will change the way we see them, and will help our words agree more with God. And so we're not talking about um, about just hyping it up and and saying things that aren't true, but actually paying attention to them, in a and and then there are things that we can say to them that are true no matter what they're doing. Like, you know, we love you. You're our son or our daughter. You mean the, you mean you're, you have a lot of value in our eyes and, and those kinds of things, but then still bring correction when needed without attacking their identity. The issue of separating a child's behavior from their identity is huge. That's right. You have, what's your little boy's name? Damon. Damon's at home. And so you tell Damon that he's supposed to do something and he doesn't do it. Uh, And so you say, well, there's going to have to be some kind of discipline involved in here. And you can go to him and say, Damon, you are a bad boy. You did X, Y, Z. And because of that, I'm going to punish you. And if you do that, you identify him as the mistake. And he walks away from that encounter believing, I am a mistake. But if you go to him and say, Damon, you are my son. 
and you are a person who is chosen and called of God, and you are going to prosper, and you're going to walk in the ways of God, and you're going to hear his voice, and you're going to be an obedient son that loves the Lord. But you made a mistake. Over here, you did something wrong. I told you to do this. You didn't do it. I'm going to correct you and help you come into line with who you were made to be. And all of a sudden, you are speaking an identity in, in the most negative connotation in his life, which is discipline, where he made a mistake, he's going to get discipline. In the most negative connotation in his life, you are actually speaking positive identity into him. That's blessing. That's serious level blessing because he will walk away from that encounter saying, I'm not going to do that again because I'm better than that. And he'll believe inside that that's his identity because you've spoken it into him. And so, so much damage is done by the things that we speak to children right around the whole thing of discipline, you know, or, or where they made a mistake. I, I, I don't know how many times in, in working in prisons that I have asked the guys sitting there when we're doing a teaching session of some kind inside an institution, I asked the guys, what is the worst thing that somebody ever said to you? And I get two phrases, and between those two phrases, usually over 95% of the guys will identify with it. And somebody will speak up and say, you ain't never going to amount to nothing. And somebody else will say, you're going to end up in prison. Those things were spoken to them by people that they respected. Mm. And for whatever reason, that became their identity, and it's what they're living it's an amazing concept, really. I feel like um, growing up, I was put into a box. Like, I felt like I had to perform a certain way to please my dad or mom. And yet there was these inside, I felt like I was someone different. I felt like the true me was someone different. And I find now, years later, that a good part of my life was spent proving, trying to get that affirmation, mm -hmm. trying to prove that I'm good enough. Mm -hmm. And that's been a, that has been a huge thing in my life. And I'm learning now that really all I was looking for was my dad's blessing saying, I'm proud of you, son. And I think that would have solved a lot of, of what I have dealt with. And I'm just curious, John, how do you, so as a, as a dad now of three children, how do I deal with the things in my own life, my own identity issues because would you say that you can't bless if you don't have some of those things dealt with in your own life? Or what would you say to that? It is really difficult to give something that we've never received. Um, now, I don't think it's impossible. With Christ, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. But it seems like in, in all of that, God does want us to become aware of how important this is. And so if we if we start realizing that there's a lack in our own life, I think it would be good to be intentional and maybe pursue something outside of ourselves to bring awareness to it. Um, whether it's um, picking up the Bible and doing word search on blessing, which interesting enough, um, I was just scanning through some things here. And if, if you're wondering whether this is a, 
biblical uh, a thing, um, get your Bibles and open to Deuteronomy 28 and just read the first half of that chapter, or I think it's half the first uh, so many verses anyway. God has some really awesome things to say um, to his people during that time. But it, I think it is important sometimes to recognize that we need um, to talk to somebody about some of these things. And if, if somebody has, if somebody seems to have um, a revelation or has studied up on it and they know what they're talking about to go talk to them. And, and because the whole, like I said, this, this attaches to so much of our Christian life and it, God wants to use this along with a, with a few other major things to help us see the need for each other to complete the picture that he gives us of the church as a body. But what does that look like? I mean, do I walk up to somebody and say that I, I mean, I want a blessing. I mean, to me, that's, that's scary. And I would say the same with fear for me. It took a long time to understand that I was even looking for a blessing. So I'm just trying to think like in my own life, how, how do I, I understand now how much I, how much I need to be loved and that, and just how much I value blessing and, but how do you get to that point? You know, you, there's, there's a lot of parents out there. There's that want to bless, you know, we have good hearts. We want to do the right thing, but how do we, how do we understand some of these things that we're missing? I think like blessing is a huge thing. It can affect generations and yeah. How do Well, I wonder where sometimes where we got, how we got there because um, you know, the Bible makes remarks like, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. What happened to that? Um, the idea that, um, I, I think one of the things that really affected me <clears throat> is when I went to the New Testament to look at what the Bible says about children, about disciplining children, and you essentially have half a dozen verses, and two of them are really close to the same, and they say this, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. What in the earth does that mean? So I started trying to look into that a little bit. And what it looks to me like he is actually saying is the child is born into this world with a little tank. And that tank wants to be filled with father's approval. And I would talk to the children before they were born, when they were still inside a mama. And they learned my voice, and they would respond to my voice. And when they were born, they would respond to my voice, apart from other people's, within two minutes of their birth. I didn't have to do anything for that. It was born into them a desire. That little tank is born in there. And then when you when you start showing approval, and you know you come home and you say, "Hey, how's my little pumpernickel?" And and they they start grinning and you know they're they're all because you're you're showing approval in your voice, and they hear that approval and it fills that tank. Somehow or another, though, when they're seven years old and you tell them to sweep out the garage and they go above and beyond everything you told them, we have this mentality that if we say, "Hey, son, that was a good job." That was really awesome. You really, and he, you know, he gets all, his chest mm-hmm. swells up and he's, sure. he's the he-man. That Somehow or another, that's a bad thing. And that we should not give our children that feeling. I don't know where that mentality comes from. 
But somehow or another, we have the idea that they should not have that feeling. And we have actually begun as a culture in a lot of ways to starve that tank. That tank that wants dad's approval, we starve it. And then we try to use it as a manipulation tool. And you think about how evil that is. (laughs) And what it does over a period of years is it builds up a sincere and very deep resentment inside of the child. And by the time they hit their teenage years, they are going to start rebelling against that voice because that voice that was supposed to show them approval instead left them bankrupt. And I started to understand why he says over and over, don't provoke them to anger. And I don't know that I even did such a great job with my children. I I mean, I think I did some provoking to anger that I wish I could take back. But I just, I saw that as a place where blessing is not there, that it's supposed to be there. And there's actually supposed to have that good feeling. You're supposed to be speaking into it. And I'm not sure where we got that idea that that's a bad feeling because then we have carried it into church life. You know, we we walk into church. You you stop and think about it. You walk into church and shake hands with somebody. What do you say? How you doing? How are you doing? If you're feeling especially spiritual that day, you'll say, bless you. But whatever happened to the idea, you know where that came from? Or whatever happened to the idea of walking into church and grabbing somebody's hand and looking in their eyes and saying, God bless you and cause his face to shine on you and fill you with joy and peace in the Holy Ghost and multiply his life in you and establish the life of Christ. You know, just going off on the people and blessing them. Whatever happened to that? Because if you if you look it up at all, it's part of your heritage. I don't really care, you know, what church, whatever you belong to, it was back there somewhere because it was in the early church. It was there. It was in the Anabaptist movement. They were they were big on this idea of speaking blessing into each other. And somehow or another, I feel like we've gotten cheated out of it. And I, I really approve of the thing there that Craig Hill saying that I want to return this culture of blessing back to the church where it's actually supposed to be. And and John, to just to straightforward answer your question, I would I would recommend to somebody that is sitting here, sitting listening to us mm-hmm. uh, and asking the question, what do I do practically? What what can I do with this? Is to the first thing I would I would suggest is buy the book, The Power of a Parent's Blessing, and read it. Um, if you, for whatever reason, can't do that, um, do a word study in the Bible about blessing and just see what God has to say about it. And then um, practice in your prayer closet when nobody else could hear you. Practice speaking good things because it is it is really hard to do if you haven't done it. And, and that's just the, the truth. Um, and we don't beat ourselves up about it. We we practice it, and then when we have the vocabulary, we can go to our children and our spouse and others, other people that we come into contact with, and just it doesn't have to be a long, flowery f- thing that attempts to make us look good. It's just the, the heart of it is to make somebody's day better, to have them. Um, feel the love of the Father is is what it comes down to because we all 
like Steve was saying earlier, I believe it is it is God that put that desire in us to please the Father. That's what uh, turns our hearts to Him, and it's a God given desire that He had established with with His people, and they understood the Jewish culture understands it better than what we do, and that's that's to our um, whatever <laughs> that we need to. Well, we don't need to, but it would be good if we would return to this culture of blessing to speak life and agree with what God's saying. You mentioned our spouse. Do you feel like how, treating our spouse well or having a good relationship with with our wives in our cases, how does that affect our children? Do you feel like that blesses them, or can you just speak to that a little bit? Yes. Um, it is the safest place for a child is when mom and dad are okay. What does um, that look like? It, there's peace in the home. Um, they, they love each other. They, they, they pay attention to each other. They, um, together they love the children. I mean, it's just, and it's, it's pretty much where it all starts. Uh, because if mom and dad are offended at each other, then they're not going to, it, it, yeah. I don't feel it's like a, the words big, would mean as much. You know, if I'm going to bless my child, but then I'm fighting yeah. with my wife, I, I don't feel like my words would, I feel it's like. It's a contradiction. Of, yeah. 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 yeah it, it's a huge part of it. It Yeah, it really is. Um, so I think we all know, and we're probably all aware, and this conversation even brings out the lack a blessing, but could we talk a little bit about what does blessing actually look like? What's an example? How do you bless your sons? How do you bless your children? And, and what have you learned? Each one of you are are dads, and and there's a lot of dads out there. I think we all have the same question. What what does that look like? I mean, do you sit your son down and say, you know? Well, or, I think it I think it starts with practically speaking with paying attention to them. Um, mm. that, that in itself will help them feel like they matter, which is a huge part of it. Um, and then when we, because one of the things that I think happens when, like Steve was saying, um, he, when his children were younger, he, they did a weekly thing and the Jewish culture had that in their culture if you realize that you're going to sit down at some point and talk blessing to your children, you're going to pay attention during the week to what's happening, what's going on in their life. How are they, what are they doing? What are they, what do they like to do? What are they good at doing? Because you want to bring something that's relevant, that, that to truly bless them, it has to be something that they care about and that they, that makes a difference to them. Um, because, it, and that's what happens with flattery. If we're just saying good things, but they don't line up with anything, then they'll quickly learn that these are just words and there's no meaning there. But, it, but one of the ways that we can make our words have a lot more meaning is by paying attention to them, caring about what they're going through, noticing them, uh, not just walking through the room so busy doing our own thing that we that we don't see it because that, that makes a huge impact on a child if they're not noticed. I feel like flattery could be like manipulation because you're only saying good things when you want the outcome. That's right. And yeah. Bio, I'm yeah. curious, how, how does it, uh, 
how do you find blessing your children? One thing I um, find really interesting, we do this thing in our home where we really um, cut back on how much media time or um, I, the kids have iPads and how much they're allowed to be on them. Um, but every Friday when they're done with their schoolwork, they can have them. But we set a thing in place that if there's certain things they do that's very disrespectful, they get a mark during the week. Mm. And if they get five, they cannot have it on Friday. And when we first put that in place, the first long time, our oldest two boys struggled to try to go a week without getting five points. And finally I sat down, especially with our oldest son, and I said, Patrick, I really believe that you can actually go this week without getting five points. I really <sighs> think you can do it. And his first thing is like, well, why does it matter? I said, because I would love to see you have your iPad this week. You haven't had it for a long time. I think you really can. And he also lit up. He's like, well, you really want me to have it? I said, absolutely. I don't think we're, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. I don't want you to not have it. I just, we're trying to teach you something here. And uh, so far, since I'd done that, this is the second week actually in a row that he went the whole week without getting the five points. And it's just watching him light up and also realize we're not just trying to be mean and just speak a blessing to it. I believe actually you could do this. Just brought him to life. Wow, Steve, I'd love to hear what you have to say about what you've done in blessing. But before, I'd like to ask you, the listener, what what have you what do you do to bless? What are some of the things that you see that are maybe lacking? I feel like the conversation of blessing has is a huge conversation. And so yeah, send in your comments, post them below. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'd love to continue the conversation. Steve, what have you done with your children and your family? Now you have grandchildren. I know you talked a little bit about before they were born, but just what are some things that you've done? Probably ask a lot of questions. Mm. (laughs) Matthew, or I'm sorry, Mark, chapter 10. They brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought him. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. So I started asking questions. What was he saying? What do you say to a little child that is a blessing? Because the Son of God comes down from heaven, stops everybody, picks up a little child, looks into their face and blesses them. And so it became kind of a big thing to me, you know, what, what is that? And then, uh, you know, now being a, being a grandfather, when my first little grandchild came into the world, um, you're not quite sure how to hold them anymore. You don't remember how that works. (laughs) Um, she's crying and I picked her up one time when she was crying and was holding her there. And I just looked in her face and started talking to her about God and about um, what the Spirit of God had said to her before she was born about who she's supposed to be and about the calling in her life and about what God wants her to do and to become. And it was so amazing because she would stop crying immediately. And her, you know, she just looks at me and it's just like her eyes get really big and she sits there and looks at me. And I realize that here is a little child that is only a few few days old, has absolutely no idea what I'm saying. They, they don't know the words. They don't understand the words. I am not their father. I'm the grandfather. 
but I am speaking words of life, and their spirit recognizes them. Hmm. And beginning to speak words of life to children long before they can understand it, to me is one of the, I mean, ask ask my wife when we go see the grandbabies. Somewhere I'm going to be picking them up and just looking into their face and sitting there and telling them, you know what God wants you to be. You are going to be, and I start telling them what they're going to be. And I believe there's a tremendous amount of what goes into their spirit out of that, even though they probably understand very little of what I'm saying. Well, thank you for sharing, Steve. Guys, this is a really good conversation. I love the topic of blessing. Like I said before, send in your comments. We'd love to hear from you. This is really part one of a two-part series. Um, Please check back. We're going to dive deeper into the topic of blessings. We're going to talk about blessing in the church blessing in leadership, just blessing as a whole. It's a big conversation, and there's a lot more that could be unpacked. Check back in. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to As We Live. To submit questions, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at As We Live Podcast. (laughs) 